Block Party is a tech culture podcast. We do tech for the people. We cover topics ranging from cryptocurrencies, blockchain, augmented reality, artificial intelligence, and more. Our guests include entrepreneurs, creatives, and influencers. Block Party takes a unique view of tech through the lens of the people living it. Block Party is tech culture. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Block Party. Today, I'm joined by Tom, a longtime friend and lead project manager for Relight Chain, a bridge-based protocol that allows seamless transfer of value between different layer one protocols. He's currently developing their new NFT project behind their play-to-earn game, Battle of the Blockchains, and working on their own personal project with Phenotype, his own brand. Thank you for joining us, Tom. What's up, Chris? How's it going? Uh, we've been talking about having this episode for a very long time and and you and I you and I go back very far and we've we've got a lot of stories between the two of us but it's it's really nice to have you on knowing yes, your position and and where you've come from and where I've come from and now that we're both here in web3 so but, and obviously there's a lot of unspoken things but for the people at home who won't know the full story um can you introduce yourself to the people listening and tell us a little bit about how you got started here in web3 Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, 2017, I got into crypto like a lot of other people, you know, and we rode that rise up and it was pretty interesting. And you got exposed to a, a bunch of projects. And um, well, before that, uh, my name is Tom. I, uh, I've known Chris for a very long time and we've kind of come up in the same way uh, through different routes. And it's funny that we find ourselves here in Web3 because I think we're both very enthusiastic about crypto and that's something that, you know, we've been able to talk about for the last like three, four years. And here is, again, 2017, the run up to crypto got introduced to a bunch of different projects Then you had a big bear market. And, you know, a lot of people kind of just, you know, they fucked off, right? Like mm -hmm. they either made a bunch of money and they left or lost a bunch of money and left. But for me, what really stuck out was there was like a real solidarity in the crypto world and like a real sense of change. Like this is headed towards something that's going to be new, that's going to be used by everybody as much as the big banks and everybody else want to tell you it's not anything. Meanwhile, they're, you know, filling their bags. And uh, eventually I landed in a community um from Zero Exchange, which was a decentralized exchange that was also a cross-chain protocol. And, you know, I was pretty pretty involved in the community. I was pretty vocal. I wasn't necessarily the best community member, per se. But over time, I, I just, I learned a lot through them. And um, they pivoted to Relay, which ended up being a cross-chain bridge. Uh, and they offer, you know, bridging as a service. And from there, you know, as I got more and more involved, uh, the, you know, the team is very vocal. The team is always, if you have a question, they, they, they'll come down and it'll pretty much give you an answer, mm -hmm. you know, um, depending how loud you are. Uh, so I got to know them a bit better. And, you know, 
when you're in Telegram, you're hopping from one channel to another. So, like, you know, I went from the main channel to another channel with just, like, a, a smaller uh, amount of people that were a little more tied to the community, and I got to know them very well. And I uh, I personally, I'll be honest, I never expected to work in Web3. I never expected to, to be behind any of this. And what happened was I, I'm working on a graphic novel on the side, and I would post a bunch of artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as like you know things I've written and stuff like that, and it got the attention of one of the community leaders, and they reached out to me and was like, "Hey, what about this? What about that?" Just like different ideas, right? So this yeah. NFT thing was, um, you know, first it was going to be something else, then it was going to be something else, and a lot of it was also me approaching Ed, who's the you know the head guy at Relay, with a bunch of crazy ideas. I mean not even related to this NFT project. And he'd be like, well, I like the way you think, but uh, no, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um, it was a lot of that. And then eventually this opportunity came up where, you know, a lot of these projects are, are doing now like pay to earn games and game is taking off. And there was just like a, a point where this seemed to make sense. You know, and as we get into borrow blockchains, um, you'll see how like it makes sense in, in, in the uh, in the scheme of the ecosystem, where how it can be beneficial for Relay and all our partners, and you know, define Avalanche as a whole. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and and I yeah. think I think that's really I think that's really interesting about how you managed to make that that uh that switch, and obviously now knowing your position as the lead project manager for Relay Chain, and Relay Chain is a very large organization in terms of uh, development in terms of financing, uh, and that community, like you said, is very deep. So once again, I thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule. And speaking a little more about that, since very few people know exactly what it's like to have a career here in Web3, and like you said, you were never expecting to have uh, this level of, of like access in this space. What, what does your, what does your uh, kind of workday look like, and, and what, what is a lot of your responsibilities spent spending with the uh, team? Man, my workday starts off with me staring at the screen for an hour or two and figuring out where the you know where the hell do I begin. Um, there, there's a lot of that. Uh, it, a lot of it is team calls. You know, like you have to check in with the team, uh, see what you know what deliverables people need, uh, what you're capable, what your time frame is. You know, um, the more specific, I guess, a more specific question would maybe help give you like a more specific answer. But right now, it's a lot of, like, again, getting in on team meetings, making sure deadlines are hit. Um, as far as, like, what I'm doing about the blockchains, it's making sure me and my company uh, are able to produce the assets in a timely manner without sacrificing any sort of quality. Because we um, we did see a bunch of uh, entities out there that, like, you know, the art leaves something to be desired. And for me, that there's kind of that low-hanging fruit. It irks me just a bit. Yeah, and, um, and 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 speaking speaking on that that um I would actually really like your opinion because uh like you said tangenting over to what you're overseeing specifically in for relay which is battle of the blockchains um how did this how did this uh uh idea kind of spawn about between you and the team and where where do you find the frustration with the greater NFT uh ecosystem as a whole whole because like you said um you don't you don't really you've seen similar projects. 
across the board and there's a lot to be desired. What are you trying to accomplish here with Battle of the Blockchains? That's a great question. Um, I'll start with number two, where is where, where are my frustrations with this space? And right now it's with, um, it's with a lot of these bigger companies that, uh, not just bigger companies, but people. Anytime you discuss NFTs with people, they think like you create like a little image and you sell it for a million dollars, you know, and like mm-hmm. that, that's what it is. And like, yeah, if you're people and like maybe you're, you're laundering money, <laughs> maybe that's the case. But what I think it's, what I think the space is missing is this has a real chance to be, you know, the next like digital collectible. Like you had the nineties come up with like trading cards and comic books and, and people love to collect certain things. And what we're not seeing now is like, we're, we're seeing, um, different people come out, different NFTs. Like, uh, what was the other one? The, uh, the ape one, uh, oh, bathing board ape. Ape. yeah, board ape yacht club. I mean, that dude started a whole brand, you know, off of that, which is what I think where the power lies here. Um, we're not seeing any real physical assets tied to an NFT, which I think would be awesome. Like, let's say you have a limited edition set of like a, a comic book, for instance, and you do like a one-to-one with the NFT. So then the only way to get the comic book is through the NFT mm-hmm. and vice versa. And, and I think there's a lot of room there for these bigger companies to get in on this and kind of have fun with it. Um, you know, that being said, it's, uh, the space is very, very uh, congested, is a good way of putting it. There's a lot of stuff out there that you don't know, you know, if you're going to get rug, you don't know how far down the roadmap these people are actually uh, intend to go. Yeah. And it, it's, it's a little bit like the Wild Wild West, but that, that's also what makes it really fun. Um, I mean, as a whole, I think they're moving in the right direction. I just, I wish there was a bit more focus you know yeah. with like with branding and things like that and like so that leads me to battle of blockchain so a lot of these companies especially in the crypto space have these really interesting ips where they have these like mascots for instance that you can develop worlds around them and they have personalities and frankly they're a lot more colorful and a lot more vibrant than what you see when you walk down the aisle in a comic book shop you know they're, they're, there's real character here and Battle of Blockchains originated as an idea where it's like, okay, how can we get into GameFi and also strengthens really uh, ties with the community and how do we give back to the holders? And that's probably the biggest thing is like, we want to be able to give back to people, not only who purchased the NFT, but are holding either Relay's coin or coins from the other partners. And so we started developing this idea and what could we do? Mm-hmm. and we started branching out and like getting interest from other partners in the avalanche ecosystem, which was scary because you didn't know who was on board and who wasn't. We would nail one partner, start working on it, you know, developing their mascot, um, developing that, that, that little NFT of theirs without actually having the other couple partners lined up. And, you know, it's, Part of it has to do is because we're very selective. So we selected partners that we thought were more of a, a, a name brand on the Avalanche ecosystem, right? Uh, like, like partners that you would know offhand and that contribute to DeFi on Avalanche in, in a way that others don't. Yeah. Um, so we started doing that. 
And once we started getting one partner after the next, after the next, we started to realize, holy crap, there's a lot of interest here, you know, and that forced us to scale up, which is really nice. And since then, we've been adding more team members to, to accommodate that and also into something a lot more elaborate and something that's, that I'm personally very excited for. That's, that's, uh, that's amazing. And I like, I like the framework that you uh, set up for me here because um, th this is something that you actually mentioned a little earlier, which is um, the fact that the, the, the space right now as a whole is kind of like the wild, wild west. And uh, just to reassure people at home, um, uh, Relay is obviously not leveraging. They're, in, they're not hedging their entire bet against just dropping an NFT and hopefully making uh, a lot of money on the on the treasury. Yeah, the no, this is this is so I have to I have to sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but like I have to stress this is a hundred percent community led. And that's the best part about this. Like it's you know, we don't I, I don't talk to relays like core dev team. I don't talk to their core team about anything related to battle of blockchains. This is all one hundred percent community led and hopefully I will be one of many artists that will be able to do something like this, where they'll be able to do a run on a chain and be able to, to situate themselves in a position to, to, to do something. Um, so not only is it 100% community-led, the other thing that I wanted to touch on that I forgot about in the last question was that NFTs are a great way to raise money for a brand. It's a, it's a great avenue for fundraising if you plan to use that money you know strategically it's not just like a money grab it's like no here's my idea here's the world we've built here's you know our roadmap and from that people can gauge whether they're interested or not and also if they like the art or not but let's say you sell out on something like that now yeah. you have a, a bunch of funds which you can use and distribute and scale up to get a bigger team to get a more comprehensive team to build your brand bigger and better and i think that is the real uh value right now because we we're seeing a lot of cash grabs you know like oh buy my nft i'm gonna make a million dollars and then they fuck off but i think you know, like board a yacht club like what they did is they took that money and he started hiring animators he started hiring you know like, like other other artists he started hiring comic book artists and then now he's got a whole team he's got a whole brand like he's it, you know like that's the way to do it and you can tell people are interested because like they'll buy your stuff and they'll resell it for a higher price. And it has to do with a lot of the hype built up towards you getting to that end goal of like, no, actually I don't want just an NFT sale. I'm building a company and this is my version of a Kickstarter, you know, in a way where like, not only not like in a Kickstarter, you give money and maybe you'll get like, I don't know, an autograph, uh, cover of something it's not gonna be worth shit right yeah. but with an nft there's a chance that like it's gonna be worth a lot more than you paid for it so not only do you fund the idea but there's also a way for you to be compensated uh monetarily for being in on a good idea you know and i, I think that's a really really good value um and a really good um it, it it's just good for the NFT space. It sucks for people like Kickstarter and stuff like that. But I mean, they also take like 10% off the back end. And there's all sorts of fees associated. Like, uh, I mean, I, I'm ranting here. Sorry. Cause, uh, no, no, yeah, it's, it's perfectly a, fine. I just, I'm thinking, I was thinking about that. It's like, I, I, I see there's always going to be a space for everything. There's going to be a space for traditional financing. There's going to be a space because Kickstarter was 
uh, a new way to crowdfund uh, like ideas. And now we're in Web3 where uh, NFT sales are kind of the de facto new way to crowdfund. Um, and and I like I like what you said, creating that um that uh that division here, because the, the, the point the point that I was hammering is, is that Relay itself is a company. Like you said, this project battle of the blockchains is completely community uh, community driven. But the uh, the fate of Relay as a whole does not hinge on the success of this particular project. They already have their own developers. They have their own liquidity. They're, this is an expansion on an already existing, fully functional and successful business. Yeah, it's a way to cement ourselves in the ecosystem. And again, by by getting these partners and working with them, and you know, again, we're we're trying to drive we're trying to drive home the idea that uh, we want to bring back to the community, right? So these NFTs are are special in a sense where they're treasury backed, mm -hmm. which um, I'm a really big fan of. And you know, every discussion we have is always okay. How how do we give these things value and how do we give them value in a sense where they give back to the community? So 35%, I believe, it's 30, 35%, I have to double check, of uh, the sales go to buying our partners tokens and put in a treasury. So the NFT itself is backed by the purchase of our partner tokens. So today we have, um, who are we releasing today? Avalanche uh, Party Animals, right? Them as well as Trader Joe, right? Which we announced, I, I believe it was two weeks ago. So a good portion of the sales go to purchasing either their tokens or in APA's instance of their NFTs, and it goes into a treasury. So now it's backed by this purchase. So there's an inherent value in the NFT itself. And I, I don't think a lot of people are doing it. I know like Avalanche Party Animals did that and I think they were the one of the first ones to do that and we're taking you know we're pretty much taking their idea and trying to expand on it and uh, give back even more that's 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 excellent and I I would like to refocus on uh maybe because I feel like we've been talking around it but let's talk specifics about battle of the blockchain you know um battle of the blockchains is obviously uh relays uh first foray into play to earn gaming like you said GameFi is now such a big thing and it's being deployed on the Avalanche network. Um, I know that Relay is a multi, as a as a cross chain product itself. Um, why did you guys go with uh, Avalanche for uh, Battle of the Blockchains rather than let's say Ethereum or Solana? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, well, for all intents and purposes, Avalanche was Relay's home uh, to begin with. So, I mean, a lot, you know, when that team started off, like, they started off on the Avalanche chain, mainly. Um, to the, the barrier of entry, I mean, like, no one wants to pay $100 to, to mint something or, you know, to do a transfer. So Ethereum is out of the question. You know, it, it just, it's become, like, such a rich person's chain. You know, where in order to conduct business on it, it it's, it, you have to have a pretty heavy wallet in order to do that. Um, it's also really fast, uh, Avalanche. Uh, it is is really fast, and I think it's also one of the most eco-friendly chains out there. So it, it just you know uh, it just felt right. Also, the characters on Avalanche, like I mean Trader Joe, Avalanche Party Animals, it's such a colorful cast of characters that I feel like haven't been tapped into, and I think it's a very um, it's like a very vibrant world. And frankly, like I mean, I'm not an Avalanche Maxi, but I'm pretty close. You know, I do think. Avalanche is going to be one of the top 
quote unquote Ethereum killers out there. Um, they've been doing, I mean, amazing work, really. They've been headed in the right direction. And a chance for us to cement ourselves on that chain with, again, with these partners that are vital to the Avalanche ecosystem, I think is really, really cool. And it's a really great opportunity. And um, that's probably why I feel like Avalanche right now is the best fit for us. Awesome. Yeah. And, and I guess that does make sense. You know, like that's just the perfect partner and the perfect building uh, ecosystem to build on if uh, uh, Relay got their start on Avalanche. And like you said, there's just that large, colorful cast of um, mascots and just, you know, communities that buy into this uh, ecosystem. Um, speaking more specific on um, n not like the technical side, but the the deployment of this project. So I know this is supposed to be this NFT is supposed to be the first part of what you guys are calling cross chain gaming. Um, obviously, there are a lot of um, projects that are specifically built for one uh, chain or another. But can you can you uh, maybe shed some light on how far this uh, cross chain gaming uh, idea has gone and uh, where you guys are? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, how far you guys are in terms of uh, the final product that you guys are trying to launch? Yeah. So the idea is we want to encourage bridging, right? We want to encourage bridging, uh, specifically using Relay Bridge in order to to uh, to generate transactions. And we uh, a discussion that we have pretty much on every call is okay. How do we make this a reality? And what are the mechanics we, we have available to us in order to make this happen? So uh, I know the roadmap, the, uh, excuse me, the roadmap is coming out soon. I can't speak on it too much. Okay. Uh, just because, you know, like I don't want to divulge anything I'm not allowed to yet. We're not trying to breach anything uh, yet. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we do have, so uh, in terms of how far along we are, so we have two uh, former Riot games um employees on our team now uh and they're connect you know we're using their connections and their know-how in order to to branch out even further but as far as developing the mechanics go we have a pretty we have a pretty solid foundation for what we're doing and what we're trying to achieve uh it's now it's just honestly it's funding development getting development out the door and, and making sure that like we stick to the fundamentals of this game being a very fun simple and something that's just not like a generic you know like you have all these zombie shooters out now they're like trying to like cash a quick buck like we're not trying to do that we're trying to actually build out you know this ecosystem and this world of these mascots that we have in a functional way where we can do it via cross chain and you know avalanche is just the first step in that larger plan but um i think we're gonna there's talks about going to meet us next um you know a bunch of other chains and like people and scouting partners but the ball is definitely as far on that side yeah yeah it's just it, it's rolling it's it's a very difficult uh problem to be honest uh but thankfully like our team is very talented and again like having uh those members from riot games on the team team to discuss you know like what direction we're headed in uh who do we hit up for developers and things like that like that that is really really invaluable and um you know like frankly like we can't do it without them so like i'm really happy to have them on the team 
That's that's awesome. And speaking speaking of the team, I know that a lot of your responsibilities have brought together the uh forward marketing for this project and how things are being designed from that end. Um obviously uh like you said you revealed Trader Joe a couple of weeks uh earlier um and you guys were doing a contest on your Discord uh community which I saw and I I scribbled in a little uh I scribbled in a little MS Paint but um the uh the the formulation of the marketing and the formulation of how this is being deployed really gives me that old school 90s vibe that old school like arcade style what what made you go with that route and um why why the why that particular angle because i was getting some very big uh marvel marvel versus capcom vibes from that i'm I'm really glad you said that because yeah because i'm a huge fan and i think honestly i think one of the biggest things facing gaming today is like a lot of stuff out there sucks you know like it's got no sense of style it's got no sense of flair it's got no personality um a lot of times the games are, are half finished when they're released to the public and what I really wanted to instill was kind of like a, a sense of soul. You know what I mean? Like, like when you watch the trailers and you watch the teasers, like I want you to really, uh, a think these characters are really cool, and you, you can't wait to get into the world, you know, and start playing with them. Um, and I'm just a big '90s head. I mean, I, I think, uh, and this is a personal thing, you know. I think after the '90s, a lot, a lot of things kind of took a hit you know, artistically, and people start cutting a lot of corners, and, you know, even things like movies, like, you, have, you know, the Lion King movie, for instance, how they made it all hyper-realistic and took the, the whole soul out of it, you know? Yeah, like, I was about to say, you, you talking about the 90s movie, or are you talking about the... the... No, so, so the 90s movie, if you watch it, and this is what I love about the 90s, it wasn't perfect, you know? Like, you watch the animation, it, it's not all, like, 100% there, but... What you do see is how expressive the characters are, like how really expressive and fluid they are compared to like the the, the abomination that came like twenty years afterwards, where everyone's just like a carbon perfect copy of a, a lion, but it's like in three D, you know. And like that's what I want to bring in, and I'm hoping to bring that into the marketing is like this real sense of fun and just like vibrancy and. Like, you know how you went into the arcade in the 90s, right? And you were younger. And you just, like, you walk in the door, and the first thing that hits you is the sound, right? You hear all these different machines going on and off at the same time, you know? And it's, it's like this, it, it, it's an amazing experience. And you start jumping from one machine to the other, and each one is more colorful than the next. And it's like, because they're all fighting for your quarter, right? They're all fighting for, like, your 15 minutes of time. and you know, it, it, that's always just stuck with me. That experience of walking into an arcade and this loud, bombastic, fun, you know, like, den of just just madness. Uh, where, like, you know, like, when you when you saw X-Men vs. Street Fighter for the first time, you're like, whoa, like, I didn't know that was possible, but, yeah, take my money. You know? No, I, I So that's what we're trying to achieve here. Yeah, and I, I really do respect that, you know, that, like, commitment to that, that old-school flair, because I do agree with you that ni the, 90s, the 90s culture cycle is, is something that really is unmatched by any recent culture cycle, which is a lot of carbon cutouts, uh, carbon copies of each other. And not to say that there weren't those in the 90s. Everything was trying to be either Mortal Kombat or, or like, just this kind of, like, 90s flair. The thing that we described as the 90s, but it just had attitude. It had a lot <laughs> of attitude. 
I mean, hey, yeah, the attitude yeah. era of, of WWE, like, for example, like, was, uh, like, yeah, that's a good, there. good one. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm really liking what you guys are doing right now with the project, and I'm really looking very forward to how that rolls out, and I'm looking very forward to where the, once the roadmap is released, that people can uh, disseminate it and uh, read it for themselves, but um, before we leave, I, I want to I wanna talk a little bit more about what you're doing outside of Battle of the Blockchains, you know? I also know that you're uh, very, like you said before, um, I, I know we've been talking about this for a while, you've been doing a lot of marketing for uh, Estimate of the Situation and um, building up your own brand. Uh, can you fill us in right now where you are at that point and um, what, what, are you, uh, what are you trying to aim angle with? Yeah. Okay, so a uh, brief intro for those that don't know. Estimate of the Situation is a graphic novel that depicts the, uh, the years 1947 to 1949 where the UFO phenomenon hit the wave, right? And um, it became like a big thing and the government started investing it. And so this is a personal obsession of mine. And what I wanted to do at first is just like find out what the hell went on. And like the, you know, the deeper I dug into it, the deeper I was like, holy crap, there's a great story here wherein, you know, the U.S. military was faced with this like really puzzling problem. Uh, and on the surface, they were dealing with it in a way where it was like, yeah, yeah, it's not real. You guys are crazy. But underneath the lengths that they went into to investigate this and the answers that they came to are, are just I mean, it, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, so I, I write and produce Estimate of the Situation, and it started off as a little scribble on a napkin, and it just kind of ballooned into something bigger where um, I found a, I found an artist that I work with pretty much exclusively now. Uh, and I got to give a shout-out to Ezekiel because nothing, you know, we're, we're such a team, but, like, nothing is done without him. He, he's pretty much been like the the backbone of this entire thing and we started drawing out little scenes and, and and composing little scenes here and there and it turned into like a bigger thing and what happened was i signed on a friend of mine who i've known for 10 years or so as a co-writer and we've been developing that story so uh long story short because i can go on you know forever about it it's a graphic novel um, it's basically being made because I think the the comic book market is in shambles right now. Like it's just you're seeing garbage after garbage come out, uh, and you know you see these IPs ruined because of politics and whatnot. And this is kind of like an answer to that. Like if I can't if I can't find something I want to read, let me make something that I'm gonna read. Right, because at the end of the day, that's what we're doing it for. We're doing it just so like I have something to pick up at the end of the day and have fun with, and hopefully that means other people will too. So we're uh, we're releasing issue one fairly soon, maybe in the next couple of months. It's taken a, a lot of work, uh, a lot of rights, a lot of rewrites, you know, and it's part of the fun of like making a graphic novel. But this all started too because, you know. This is almost like in tandem with Battle of Blockchain because what we have now is we have a studio system everywhere. We have a studio system for, for movies, television, comic books, music, all this stuff. And now NFTs have kind of opened a door wide open where it's like 
it's taken out that that studio presence where it's you know you either have to sell your IP to to Netflix or, or whoever and they'll get their hands on it and completely change it into something else, right? Where now you can raise money and still own your intellectual property and still you know make something that the fans signed up for in the first place, which I think is really 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 powerful. So we're in talks now of releasing issue one along with an NFT. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know, like, it's still, it's a little gray on that, on how we would do something like that. Cause the main thing right now is honestly, is get issue one and two out and make sure it's like the best issue one and two we can make. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, I'm like, I'm really excited. Uh, I know you've been following up, you've seen some of the artwork yeah. and, uh, I think it's, uh, it's going to be really cool. Yeah. And I, I think I, I like what you said about how, um, this new web three environment provides a new uh route for independent creators independent artists independent filmmakers to uh circumvent the studio nature the middleman you know cutting out the middleman is where the gatekeepers yeah yeah it's it's like it's these these gatekeepers are really uh hampering or impeding the method of progress and creativity I, i know you and i have talked about uh sometimes these studios are the wet blanket in the room you know so the fact that the yeah. fact that you're 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 exploring this uh new path of development even even however however you decide to deploy it uh, I think people would be very very interested in investing their time and their uh money into not only the story behind estimate of the situation but the the collectible uh aspect of it being able to own something in a new method so I think the fact that you're even exploring using NFTs to deploy stuff like books or or uh, graphic novels, like you said, I, I, I've always said that's going to be a really good space. And to something you touched on earlier in this program, where you were saying that um, having a new avenue to be able to tie physical goods with digital goods um, just adds a whole new layer of context to Web3 that didn't previously exist in Web2. So I, I think that's really, really dope. Um, Tom, where can people follow up on Estimate of the Situation, follow Battle of the Blockchains and follow you? <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna dox myself here. Uh, so you guys can follow. Well, let's start with Relay. Uh, you can follow Relay on Twitter, and I think that's just. Let me double check. It's just Relay Chain. Uh, relay, yeah, Relay underscore Chain, and you'll be able to follow Relay Chain uh, on Twitter for Battle of Blockchains. It's uh, Twitter slash uh, BOTB underscore Game. Or if you just you search for Battle of Blockchains on Twitter, you'll find it. And for me personally, if um, you want to follow me, you want to see uh, you know what I'm coming out with, you can follow me at phenotype.io on Twitter. And you know, hopefully, um, hopefully there'll be a lot more cool shit coming out. You know, and th- that is the plan. Always scale up. Always get bigger. Uh, if you know the last one was a banger, how do you make the next one like even more so? Yeah, and I'm, I, I completely agree. Get bigger, get better. I'm doing the same here, and I think people are going to find that uh, estimate of the situation is going to be a huge hit, and I'm looking very forward to the success of Battle of the Blockchains as well. So, Tom, thank you once again for joining on this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Tom from Relay Chain, lead project manager. Uh, thank you once again, everybody. Make sure to follow him. We're going to put the links in the bottom, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace. All right, man. Thanks, Chris.